Let's go, let's go, Leila. Okay, we are on Ches Amud Aleph. We are on 8A, learning Leila Nishmas, my mother. And of course, Leila Nishmas, all of the Kadoshim who Amisra has lost since October 7th. And we also learn Bizachus, our Tzahal, they should be victorious, our Chayalim, victorious very, very soon to eradicate the evil of Hamas from our midst. Okay, we are in Ches Amad Aleph. We are on 8A, top of the Amud, whereby the Mishnah. This is already the third Mishnah, which is in the line of Mishnahs all about Ain Bain, right? Bring two topics, and we just uh, describe what are the differences. There are very few differences. The Ain Bain, right? The only difference between Hamoider Hana'a Mechaveru Limoder Mimenu Ma'achal. If a person takes a vow uh, to uh, prohibit any benefit, he takes a vow of not receiving any benefit from his friend, Mechavero, versus someone who takes ben- who takes a vow to not derive any benefit from eating of his neighbor, of his friend. So the only difference is, the only difference would be the ability to be drisas haregel for one's literally feet to stomp upon the person's property and also to use the vessels which are not used for food. Meaning, if a person uh, takes a vow to not derive any benefit from his friend, then you can't even go on his property and you can't even use the uh, vessels that uh, are, are not for uh, food usage. But if a person only takes a vow to not derive benefit from food, then technically he could go on the person's property and he could use any utensils that are not being used for food. So He says, though, however, in regards to kalim vessels, which a person does use them for food preparation, then then both are equal and both would not be able to be using those vessels. Okay, they're equal in that regard. And then it says, the idea of a person uh, being able to walk on the other person's property. So the uh, Gemara asks, Halo kapte inshi. He says, the people are usually not uh, makpid. They're not strict and concerned about people walking on their property. So in a way, it's not like you're deriving benefit from your neighbor. If you say, take a vow, I don't want to derive any benefit from my neighbor. But the truth is, the neighbor doesn't view it as a benefit because he lets everyone just, you know, walk on his property. So what's going on here? So Amar Rava, how, how do we answer this? Why is walking on the person's property considered a benefit that this one who made the vow is not allowed to do? So Amar Rava, Hamani Rabbi Eliezer. So Rava says, who is our Mishnah? It is Rabbi Eliezer, the Amar, who said, Vitor Asar B'moder he said that one that the idea of being vitor, being mevater, that letting things slide and letting things be, which generally is the case by someone letting other people kind of just walk on their property as they're you know walking by, let's say, still usur b'moderhana. We even prohibit that for someone who took a vow not to derive any benefit from their friend. Okay, very short gemara. Now up to the next mishnah. Mishnah ein bein nedarim lenedavos. There is no difference between someone who takes a neder and a dava. A neder is, you know, a person takes a vow to 
bring something, bring a carbon to the base of Mikdash. Nedavos are also voluntary offerings that a person brings. So the only difference is, is that by Nedarim, if a person makes a neder, then if, let's say, the animal that they designated was lost, they are still obligated and responsible to fill in that spot. They're still obligated. Whereas, but when it comes to someone who makes a voluntary offering, they and if that, if that animal is lost, um, they are not obligated. They have no responsibility to continue to bring that vow that they said they were going to bring. So let's try and understand this. The Gemara says, so we start off by saying, in regards to the mitzvah of, or the negative commandment of bal ta'acher, do not delay. When people take vows, when, te- when people may- make their voluntary offerings, they're not supposed to delay the bringing of that sacrifice. They have to bring it at its earliest possible time. And of course, there's gemaras regarding when does one actually violate bal ta'acher? Is it after let's say three, uh, the three, however, they're both equals, okay, they both have to make sure that they don't delay uh, too long, however, so Tanan, Hasam, and it was Tanan Mishnah over there, Ezehu Nedr, so now I have to clarify, what exactly is the difference between a Nedr and a Nedava, so the Mishnah over there says, and this is in Rosh Hashanah, Vav Amit Aleph, it says, Ezehu uh, Nedr, what exactly is a Nedr, person takes a, uh, a vow, Haomer, he says, Hare alai ola. So these are the words. He says, it's, Behold, it's upon me to bring an ola offering. Okay, that's that's the lashon that's used when someone takes a neder. Ezohi nedava, what exactly would be a voluntary offering? Haomer, he says, Hare zu ola. He says, This, meaning this particular animal, is going to be an ola offering. Okay, so you see the difference is. By the nether, he says, it's upon me to bring the nether. By the endava, it's that it's on this animal to bring the, uh, to be brought as a carbon. So, so what exactly then is the difference between nedarim and nedavos? Nedarim, when someone takes a vow, mesu o nignavu o avdu, if the animal that they designated either died or was stolen or was lost, chayv bacharyusun, he then is uh, obligated and he's responsible to bring something in its place. Why? Because remember, he said it's upon me. It's not upon. It's not a matter of the animal, which animal he designated. It was upon me. It was upon the person who took the vow. He has to make sure he fulfills his vow that it's upon him. However, Nidavos, but when it comes to Nidavos, these voluntary offerings, if it's mesu o nignavu o avdu, if it, if it died the animal or it was stolen, or it was lost, then then it is, you're not obligated to bring in its place uh, another animal, another sacrifice, another nidava. So So where do we know this? Where does this come from, this idea that there are differences between the nether and nidava, between someone saying hare alai ola versus hare zu ola? So the son Rabban was taught in Ibraisa. Quoting the Pasuk from Vayikra Aleph Dalit, it says, Venirza lo love. It will be uh, peace to him, then he will be atoned upon it. Atonement will be upon him. So Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Es she'alav chai bachariyuso. Ves she'eno alav eno chai bachariyuso. Meaning that which is alav, lechaper, it says the Pasuk says, lechaper alav to atone upon him. So that which was upon him, that meaning the neder, 
And when someone takes a neder, it's upon, he says, it's upon me. So the Pasuk is saying, when it's upon him, then then he's obligated to um, make sure that he brings in its place of the animal that was that either died or was stolen or was lost. However, that which is not upon him, such as the nedava, where he says, that behold, this thing will be a sacrifice, then then he is not to uh, responsible anymore to bring something in its place. So my mashma, so where is this implied? How do we know this? So Avdimi says, since he said it's as if he like took, he bears the weight on his shoulders to make sure that he fulfills. It's like Allah, literally, it's upon me. It's on me. I'm carrying the weight of this responsibility. And that's why if it's lost, then he has to bring one in its place. Not so by a nadava. Okay. Next Mishnah. Okay, so there's no difference between a Zav. What is a Zav? A Zav is someone who has some type of a mission, a discharge, which it deems him to be impure. However, there's a process of purity, which it's it goes full out as regards to the process of purity after you see three times. Now, it could be three times in three consecutive days, meaning one time in three consecutive days or three times in one day. So there's something difference between that and versus someone who only saw two uh, re'iyot. So what's the only difference the mission is saying? There is no difference between someone, a zav who sees two seeings versus one who sees a third, ella carbon. The only difference is the bringing of a carbon. <clears throat> The one who sees three has to bring a carbon. The one only saw two at the end of his purification process does not have to bring a carbon. So hala inyan mishkav umoshav usfiras shiva zevzeshav. So the Gemara says, regarding, however, mishkav umoshav, which is that their their impurity uh, is is so strong that when it whatever they whatever item is used to either mishkav lie upon or moshav or sit on, then they actually impart impurity to that item and anything underneath it. Let's say you had 10 mattresses piled up and the Zava sat on or lied down on the top one. The nine underneath it, even though they didn't touch the Zav, they're all impure. Same thing would be if he sat on chairs, which were which were one on top of the other, imparts impurity to all of them. So there's no difference. Both if you see two uh, of these discharges or three, they both have this impurity of Mishkav and Moshev and Sphira Shiva, and they both have to count seven days in order to be totally pure. Okay, so Minahani Mili. So where do we know this? Where do we know that there's a difference? When it comes to the seeing two versus seeing three, in regards to that, this, only seeing two doesn't have to bring a carbon, but when you see a third time, you have to bring a carbon. So the Tanu Rabbanon, because the rabbis taught, Rabbi Simai Omer, Rabbi Simai says, Mana hakasuv shtaim v'karu tame, shalosh v'karu tame. So Rabbi Simai, he, um, he analyzes that there's psukim in Vayikra in Perak Tesvav. You have Pasuk Beis and Gimel, so in chapter 15, both verse set two, um, 2 and 3, Beis and Gimel. In Beis, it says the word Tameh twice, and in and in Gimel, it also says it three times. So, he, so Rabbi Slima is asking, why does it say 
twice uh, tame by the first pasuk. When I say say three times, right? Shalosh. So it says minat manakasu. So the cost of the the pasuk counts shtaim twice vikaru tame and calls him tame, and then shalosh vikaru tame. Actually, it's not saying tame three times. It's saying that zav zovo twice or three times. So how Kate says. So how does this work? Why does it do that? Why does it have two times it says it versus three times? So it means like this. When it says it twice, that the impurity by saying zov twice, it means that he's impure. When it says it a third time, that means that he has to bring a carbon, meaning three times, meaning when he sees three days. So v'imor, so maybe you should suggest and say, Maybe you should say like this, that when you see it twice, you're impure, but you don't have to bring a carbon. However, shalosh le carbon But switch it around and say, when you see it three times, you have to bring a carbon, but you're not considered tame, which does sound like a very um, far-fetched type of assumption. But still, maybe there's just two separate halachas altogether. You see three uh, discharges, and you have to bring a carbon. You only see twice, then you have to go through the process of pure, of, of becoming pure. So the Gemara says, you know, quickly to answer this question, Amras. So say like this, wait a second, before you saw three, you saw two. Meaning you have to, the only way you get to three is if you see two. So once you saw twice this discharge, you will be considered tame. So once you get to the third one, you're already tame. So you can't only really suggest that when you see a third time, oh, you're, you only bring a carbon, but you're not tame. No, you're already going to be tame. Okay. So then the Gemara asks, however, on Rav Simai, the Omer, why don't you say, shtaim le carbon velolotoma? Why don't you say like this, that when you see it twice, you have to bring a carbon, but you're not considered impure. Ah, shalosh, when you see it a third time, aflatoma. Then even you become tame. So that's maybe a question on Rabbi Simai. Rabbi Simai was taking the two psukim of why does it say zovo twice by one pasuk and then three times by another. And he was trying to prove that, oh, when you see it twice, you are tame no carbon. When you see it three times, you are tame and you have to bring a carbon. But the question could be, maybe you s- switch it around. Maybe when you see it twice, you bring a carbon, you're not tummy. When you see it a third time, be more strict, you bring a carbon and you're also tummy. So why does it, that's a question we have on Rabbi Simai. So how are we going to answer that? Lo Don't even think that suggestion. Why not? The time is, it was taught in a brisa, quoting the Pasuk from Vayikra, Tes Vav, Tes Vav, 1515. It says, And the Kohen, he atones for him in front of Hashem, Mizovo, from his Zav status from this uh, this impure emission status. So, what do we learn from the word mizovo, <clears throat> with the mem being before the word zovo? It means mixas zavin mevin carbon, who mixas zavin ein mevin carbon. Ah, so this answers that question we just had on BCMI, right? Don't forget the question was why not when you see it twice you bring a carbon, when you see it three times you bring a carbon and your tummy. So the Brisa here is coming to tell us the word mizovo means there are some times where only mixas, only parts of times where someone is a, is a zav they bring a carbon, or mixas zavin emivin carbon, and there are certain zavin which do not bring a carbon. Hakate said, how is this? So shalosh, when you see three times maybe. That's when you have to bring a carbon. However, shtayim, you know, maybe when you see it only twice, you don't bring. Ah, so that answered the question we had on Rabbi Simai. That it's specifically from the word zovo, we see that there's a difference between seeing twice and seeing a third time. But what's the difference? It's regarding a carbon. There are times where the zav brings a carbon, times where the zav does not. 
it couldn't be that it was that they both bring carbonos when you see it twice, when you see it three times. It means that no, one of them has to be you bring a carbon, one of them has to be that you don't bring a carbon. So we want to suggest at this point that yes, when you see it twice, don't bring a carbon. When you see it three times, you would have to bring a carbon during your purification process. But then the Gemara suggests, oh, you know, or maybe not. Ella, rather, Ra'abes, maybe. Maybe it's when you bring two. That's when you, maybe it's when you see two times, you have to bring a carbon. Ra'ashalosh, when you see three times, Eno, maybe, maybe you wouldn't bring a carbon. So once again, the Gemara answers, Amra. So we say, regarding to answer that question, Ad'shalo Ra'ashalosh, Ra'ashtayim. Wait a second. Until you saw your third one, you, you, you already saw, you already saw your uh, twice. So, you have to build up too. If if you're going to suggest that when you see it twice, you bring a carbon, then seeing it twice already leads to seeing a third time. So of course, by the third time, you're going to have to bring a carbon as well. So it has to be the other way around that yes, when you see it twice, don't bring a carbon. That by then when you see it a third time, it's more strict, then you bring a carbon. So now that we've really meshed together Rabbi Simai and this brisa of the word Mizovo, we see that when you see it two, when, when the Zav sees twice, two days in a row, he has to become pure. He's impure at the time. He has to count and become pure. He doesn't bring a carbon. When he sees it a third time, then he has to bring a carbon as well. So now the Gemara says, And the truth is we really need both Rabbi Simai and we need the drasha of Mizova. Why? If I only had Rabbi Simai who made the distinction of how the first Pasuk says the word Zovo twice and that the second one says it three times, then what would I have come up with? Havamina kikushyan kikushyan. Then I would have said, like the question that we had, that maybe, maybe Rabbi Simai making a distinction between two and three would say that when you see it twice, you bring a carbon. When you see it three times, you bring a carbon and you're impure. So kamash malan mizavo. So it comes to teach us the word mizavo to show me that no, when you see it twice, what is a thing that that he's going to do? He has to. He's impure. It's only when you see it a third time do you have to then bring a carbon. And then on the flip side, the mizovo. If I only had the word mizovo, lo yadana kamarius, then I wouldn't know. Okay, so how many rios? Maybe it's only when mizovo tells me that there are different statuses of different levels of zav, but I wouldn't know which one is specifically the one that brings the carbon or not. Maybe I would say that this, that when you see it twice, you bring a carbon. When you bring when you see it three times, you don't bring a carbon. So therefore, Kamash Malan, the Rabbi Simai, therefore comes to teach us the drush of Rabbi Simai, that Rabbi Simai says that, no, it's that when you see it twice, that the first Pasuk said when you saw it twice, that's when you are going to have a less severe uh, purification process. And when you see it a third time, that's when you would have to bring your uh, bring the carbon. So now the hashta de umras mizovo Now that we've already established that we darshan out the word mizovo, this mem splits up different um, states of where azav may be between seeing twice and thing, seeing a third time. So now we have to ask. There's another pasuk. This is in Vayikra Tesvav Yud Gimel 1530, where it says that when the zav becomes pure from his Zav status, from his Zovo. My Darashas base. So what do we derive from there? That word Mizovo, what do we derive from there? The Gemara says, <laughs> We need it actually like that which we learned in a Brisa, which says, <laughs> That when the Zav becomes pure, it means <laughs> that when it stops from his flow, from his uh, emission, 
mizovo, we darsh mizovo, velo mizovo vinaga. We say it specifically that he has to count and he becomes pure mizovo from specifically his zav and not from his zav status, from his emission status and vinagao. If let's say he was a mitzora as well, let's say he had this, what we'll call it leprosy. Right and leprosy also being a, being a mitzora has a purification process. Sometimes you might become a zav and you might get leprosy at the same time, or a few days later, and you'll have to figure out okay when are you pure from one or not the other. So the word mizovo says that actually he counts specifically his seven days for being a zav, and then after that, even if he's still a mitzora, he will at least purify himself from being a zav that he won't make things impure as from Mishkav Umoshav. So he could separate them. That's what the word Mizovo is coming to imply. And not only that, it says Mizovo again. We have that word Mizovo. It's darshaning out merely from the same word, Visafar. The next word in the Pasuk is that he becomes pure from his Zav status, Visafar, and he counts the seven days. Lime, this is coming to teach us, Al Zav Baal Shaton Shiva. This coming to teach us, that a Zav that only saw twice, he requires to count seven days to become pure. Because as it says, Mizovo, from his Zav status, he has to count. So the Gemara asks, wait a second, why do we need a Pasuk to tell me that when he's purifying himself from, from being a Zav, after you see twice, that he has to count seven days? Isn't it just a logical inference of a Din? Shouldn't it just make sense based on the other halachas that we know? Because if the, the Zav who sees twice is also going to make impure the things that he lies upon or the things that he sits on, would he not require seven days of counting? It should just be logical that we should we should come with that conclusion. Why do we need a pasuk of mizovo visafar that when he wants to purify, purify himself from him being a zav, he has to count. Ah, so let's go to chesam and base. So it says on eight b. It says shomeris yom keneged yom tochiach. The truth is that when you only have when you only have seen once, and we call that a shomeris yom keneged yom, this is actually from a zava from a woman who is impure. If she sees one day, she has to guard the whole entire next day to see if she's going to see again, which would then establish her to be, you know, in the process of needing to count seven days. So a shomeres yom kenegidom, when you're only saw it one day and now you're waiting to see what's going to happen the next day, that's tochiach, that, that disproves this what we wanted to say is a logical uh, inference without the puzzle. Why? Because when you see only one day, you are also going to be in a status of making things impure that you lie upon or that you sit upon, yet still the eno to unosphere shiva. But you don't require a, a counting seven days. All you're doing is waiting for the next day. If you go a full day without seeing another mission, then you will be able to go to the mikvah and be pure. So we see that when you only see one day, you are you make impure the things you sit on online, but you don't have to count seven. So then, what would I say about when you see it twice? I wouldn't come to that inference of that when you, just because you are impure from Mishkav and Moshev, you would then. Uh, we would say you would definitely have to count seven. When you saw it one day, you didn't have to count seven. And then Gemara says, And even you should not wonder and be astonished about this. Why? Because because even though the one who saw it one day is does make things impure that it lies on and that it sits on, yet still, So too, it shouldn't 
require seven days or it doesn't require seven days. So maybe I would imply as well that when you see it twice, that also shouldn't require seven days. Ah, so therefore, Tamalomer, therefore, that comes to teach us the Pasuk, Mizovo Visafar, that from his, he's becoming, he's becoming pure from his Zav status, and then he has to Visafar. It's specifically giving us that. It means Mixas Zovo Visafar. It means that there are certain categories of a Zav that, a Mixas, right, the I guess, small, per, small percentage, or there's parts of, um, categories of Zav where they would have to count. Lime that comes to teach us Al Zav Bal Shaton Shiva. That comes to teach us from the word Mizovo Siper that when you see twice, that will be a Zav. That status will be a Zav where you will have to count seven days. Unlike when you only saw it once, that's when you didn't have to count seven days. Okay, so now Amar Lay Rav Papa Labai. So Rav Papa said to Abai, Maishna Hai Mizovo de Mirabi Bay Zav Balstereos, Umaishna Hai Mizovo de Maid Bay Zav Balstereos. If you notice, so Rav Papa is asking Abai, if you notice from all of this, what we come up with is that there's one word Mizovo, which actually increases and includes. A zav that saw twice. What was that? That was we included that the zav who sees two uh, emissions has to count seven days. Whereas, what's the difference between what we saw earlier in the Gemara, where we learned from the word mizovo, that actually came to uh, exclude the zav that saw two reios? Right. What did it say? It said mizovo that there's a, a specific type of zav which has to bring a carbon. And there's another side that doesn't have to bring carbon. We said the one who saw two reios doesn't have to bring carbon. The one who saw, sees three reios does have to bring carbon. So Rav Pope is asking a very good question. Why from one Mizovo we're actually including the Zav who sees twice? And why by another Mizovo we are excluding the one who sees twice? Okay, so we'll stop here. We'll get to the answer next episode. Yashir Koach.